Welcome to Viterbi Voices from the Viterbi School of Engineering. This is episode... 23. Episode 23. Whew. Man. So cool. <laughs> uh, I know no one listening cares. <laughs> we care. We're excited. We're excited that it's episode 23. Um, this episode is uh, probably... Uh, uh, we hope some of you care about this, but this is right. kind of a big deal for us because right. this is going to be the transition episode. This is going to be um, an opportunity for you as listeners to uh, vote and decide as to who you want to be our next host because we have to say goodbye to Kelly yeah. in the coming weeks. Right. Because you're a senior, you're graduating. Mm-hmm. This is this, this is, is the it. final hurrah, yeah. Wow, it's kind of all sinking in, and it's really cool because you started this whole podcast with us. You're right, the, you you will always go down in history as the first and uh, first host that we've right. ever had. Um, but we have to say goodbye to you, which means that what Kelly and I have done is found three finalists of current students that have auditioned. Mm-hmm. to be her replacement. Right. And we sat down with them over the last couple of months and basically just did some interviews and mm-hmm. talked with them. And we got hours of recordings. Yeah. Probably like close to three hours, maybe even more than that. More than three hours of recordings yeah. uh, of trying to understand who they were and, and what they're all about. But uh, we've we've put together um, what some we highlights. Think, some highlights <laughs> of these conversations so that you can get a better understanding of these auditions. Now, we have three hosts that will be auditioning to, to, or three possible students that are auditioning mm-hmm. to be the hosts. Um, Alex Booty mm-hmm. is one of them, and he is a junior mm-hmm. from Arizona, mm-hmm. and he's studying biomedical engineering. Correct. And then who's after that? And then Bria, who is currently a sophomore. She's from Bakersfield, California, and she's studying environmental engineering. All right. And then we got Vince. Vince, Vinny, yeah. Vinny Rodriguez. Vinny. <laughs> and uh, Vinny is from the Chicago area, and he is a sophomore mm-hmm. studying computer science games. So what are they going to hear in this in this host audition? It's mostly just kind of like a get-to-know-you of the host, kind of just asking them, you know, where they're from, mm-hmm. how they pick their major, what they like around L.A., just kind of yeah. get-to-know-you A little bit questions. tidbits of their personality, yeah. so you can kind of see what, where the, the conversations are going to go in the coming mm-hmm. year. Of course, we talk about food. Of course, because how do we have an episode that doesn't cover food? Like, <laughs> it's always up there. <laughs> and there's a little bit of a debate, I think, that goes on in the host auditions. Yeah. Um, so take a listen, get to know your possible future host, and then we want you to vote. We want to hear from our audience as to who you want next year's co-host to be, either Alex, Bria, or Vince. Uh, you can go to our website. We'll have polls up at both of our sites at viterbiadmission.usc.edu and also at viterbivoices.usc.edu. The voting is open now, and you can go to these polls um, on these websites uh, whenever you want, uh, but it will close on mm-hmm. when? When are we closing the polls? We're going to close it next Friday, so that is April 29th. Yes, Friday, April 29th by midnight, or should we say 11.59 and 59 seconds, mm-hmm. the poll will close, <laughs> close and you will not be able to vote, uh, and we will take into consideration those votes as we choose our next host. We will debut mm, yeah. the Transition host. episode. Yes. We are season finale. The season finale. So this is the <laughs> penultimate yes. uh, episode, this episode, episode 23, but episode 24 will mm-hmm. introduce our host. It will show you who won. And it will also be an opportunity for us to say goodbye to Kelly. Yeah, the final wah, her. Wah, wah. <laughs>
as you basically as you're going into your last finals and often the graduation. Yeah. So anyways, without further ado, let's kick it off and have you meet a little bit more or not meet a little bit more. Have you learn. meet learn a little bit more about Meet them and learn a little bit more. Exactly. <laughs> meet them and learn a little bit more about our, our host auditions for Alex, Bria, and Vince. Let's hand it off to uh, – are you going to take me first. Yeah. It's me first. Okay. You first to kind of explain how the process is going to go because yeah. you're, you're going to help us understand these, these transitions a Correct. little bit. So, Kelly, take it away. So, first, we're going to have our three new potential hosts um, introduce themselves. We have Alex Booty, who is a junior studying biomedical engineering from Phoenix, Arizona. We have Bria, who is a – sophomore from Bakersfield, California, studying environmental engineering. And then we have Vince, who is a sophomore studying computer science games from the Chicago area. So Alex Booty, uh, current junior, second semester, studying biomedical engineering with an emphasis in mechanical engineering. Uh, actually added that emphasis last semester as a first semester junior. Um, I am from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I am on a project team right now for 3D4E, which is the USC 3D printing organization, which did a podcast. Um, In addition, I am the vice president of recruitment for two organizations. One is the Interfraternity Council, um, and then the other is Order of Omega, which is a Greek honor society. And then the other, uh, I'm also a member of ASBME, the Associated Students of Biomedical Engineering, uh, Trojan Scholar Society. Um, But then my other like very large commitment I do actually isn't a campus organization. It's an organization, um, I guess it's not even an organization. Um, it's myself and another one of my friends. We are Little League baseball coaches um, at Toberman Recreation Center, which is about three, four blocks north of campus. Um, so my name's Bria. I am from Bakersfield, California, which is about two hours north of USC. Um, I'm an environmental engineering major. It's my second year here. I am in a social sorority. I'm on the executive board. I also like to be involved in Society of Women Engineers, which I'm an ambassador for, and I'm on their student affairs committee. And I also like to do fun stuff like hike, except right now I have a leg brace on. But when I'm not crippled, I like to hike (laughs) and, I don't know, hang out with my friends. All right, so my name is Vinny. I'm from (laughs) Chicago, Illinois, and I came out here to Southern California to study computer science at USC. I guess I have a... A, a lot of hobbies, maybe too many. Um, I like to play saxophone, a little ukulele. Right um, there in the bag. Yeah, right there in the bag. Oh, is that your saxophone? We can get a sample, maybe. Oh yeah, I have a sample. Oh. You guys want to listen to Maybe at the end. Wait, maybe. you just play saxophone as purely a hobby? Not, not involved? Just like, um, hey, I have a saxophone? No, um, well, not really. It kind of turned into more of a hobby. At first, I kind of just wanted to learn like, an instrument. When was this? Uh, this was third grade. Okay. Fourth grade. Okay. Um, and ukulele is my more recent kind of hobby but now i have a band that i'm trying to form Ooh. Yeah. okay so i'm looking to perform at ground zero so. so of course you know where you're from really you know helps define who you are as a person so we thought it was important to ask booty bria and vince um to tell us a little more about their hometowns um i am from phoenix arizona uh Born and raised. So, you know, coming here has been fantastic. It's not too far from home, but far enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom likes <laughs> like to... Like six-hour drive? Yeah, yeah six-hour <laughs> drive, one-hour flight. My mom likes to take every single excuse she can to come out and visit. Mm-hmm. Um, grew grew up in and out of Southern California, mostly San Diego, a little bit of L.A. Um, How long were you in California? 
Or when did you move to? Well, I didn't move to California. Oh. I was I was there, but you know, every single summer it was always California. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Especially in San Diego, you're always called the Zonies. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. No, that's the term. Okay. Yeah, the, <laughs> everyone in San Diego likes to call us the Zonies. We're the pests that come during the summer, uh, inhabit Mission Beach and La Jolla. Uh, I think the difference I see between California and Phoenix, uh, Phoenix is has all of the resources of you know one of the largest cities in the country. I think it's fifth or sixth largest in the country, um, population wise. Hmm. But it's so spread out yeah. that it's not very dense where, you know, you come to L.A. and everyone's kind of jam-packed in the same same area. So you have all these resources in Phoenix of, you know, these big shopping malls, you know, a huge international airport, um, all these big sports teams, uh, lots of cultural opportunities. Um, but you're spread out. It's very suburban. Um, and I have a lot of friends who aren't, you know, big fans of the suburbs. But I think it's a great place to grow up and I think it would be a great place to, you know, Raise, have a family and raise some kids. So, um, born and raised in Bakersfield. It's... I don't know a lot about Bakersfield. I've just <laughs> drove through it, and I feel like I have yeah, an place. idea of what it's like. It sounds just, horrible. I, yeah, I drive through, and I think it's sad. I can't I don't say, say that. I've it only is. driven through Bakersfield. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I, this is, honestly, when I drive through, I'm like, who lives here? It's always yeah. my thought. The number one Frida thing does. that people say to me, yeah, <laughs> the number one people say to me is like, oh, like I drive through there, like when I drive to the bay or driving from the Bay to LA, like that kind of thing. And right. most people are like, wow, like people actually live there? Like I didn't think there was anything there. And it's actually a fairly large city. It's pretty yeah. populated. Bakersfield's a lot of people, especially yeah. with Chevron there. A lot yeah, there's that. Chevron and Era. Oil, like what puts it on the map is all the oil there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's not much about Bakersfield. It's hot. Well, for and... our listeners, Bakersfield is a little bit north and inland yeah. of Los Angeles. So um, it's definitely, it's in the valley. There's lots of oil fields around it. It's two hours north of USC um, and a lot of people drive through Bakersfield when they're going like from LA to Sacramento or San Francisco um, and it's like two hours away from or the Yosemite, beach. Or Yosemite you're like going yeah. there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's two hours away from the beach about two to three hours away from mountains and stuff like that so it's actually a good location if you're willing to drive to go do stuff. <laughs> if you want to be two hours from everything. Exactly. <laughs> is what you just said. Exactly. We're two hours from everything. Literally everything about California. We are two hours from LA if you want to go to like an actual city you can come to LA and like actually do things. Um, so Skokie, Illinois is a suburb of the Chicago uh, the Chicago's Suburban area, urban area, I forget what the word is. Um, But it's part of Cook County, which is the same county as Chicago. Mm -hmm. And it's 10 to 15 minutes north of the city. Okay. So you take the 94 just north, and it's right there. It's off Red Line? Take Red Line off Off the Yellow Line. Yellow Line, okay. Cool. Good stuff. And you grew up in Chicago or the Chicago land area? Chicago land area, yes. You grew up? Okay. Cool. I um, I was born and raised in Skokie. Um, My family is all immigrants, but they came from the Chicago downtown area. Logan Square and Hey y'all sorry for the interruption but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit hope to see you soon
Of course, another, you know, important decision when going to college is figuring out, you know, what you want to study and what you're going to major in. And so we definitely wanted to talk to all three of them about kind of how they figured out, you know, what they were going to major in and what they think of their major now. Um, so first up is Booty. Um, he definitely, like a lot of people, kind of toyed with the idea of being a surgeon or being a doctor. Um and you'll hear him talk about his journey through that, but then he realized really that, you know, BME was the path for him. The two family friends who were, who are, uh, one a neurosurgeon, two an orthopedic surgeon, uh, started off, you know, neurosurgery is awesome. You get to work on people's brains and got to high school and I was like, wow, that is way too intense for me. <laughs> I don't think I could ever, you know, go cut into someone's head and mess around with that and sew them back up and, you know, go on with my day. Uh, so at that point, <clears throat> still very interested in math and science. Uh, I met with a, like a high school college counselor um, who advised I check out biomedical engineering. Uh, I was like, I want to be a surgeon. What high school did you go to again? Uh, Thunderbird High School. Thunderbird. Uh, okay. Public high school in northern Phoenix. Yeah. Um, and... She's like, you know, check out biomedical engineering. It's a, a big up-and-coming field. Uh, if you want to do pre-med, you still have the opportunity to do that. You're going to be taking most of your pre-med classes through that degree. Uh, if you decide you don't want to be pre-med anymore, you've got a great degree to fall back on. A instead smart of a, counselor. Instead, yep. of a, instead of a basic, you know, biological sciences mm-hmm. um, degree. You owe, chemistry. Her, you owe her a lot. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's golden exactly. And that was, that was my freshman year of high school. I wow. went with her, and she planted that seed in my head, and I ran with it. And I... I, at that point, really never turned back from declaring BME uh, for every school I applied to. And, you know, I talked to a lot of people who were like, oh, yeah, well, I applied to engineering at USC, but I applied, you know, to finance at a different school or or did business at another school yeah, or I did some science. And I was like, I... Why? I, that seems silly. Yeah. Exactly. So it was at that point, I just figured, you know, I'm going to be pre-med. Uh, this is a great way to, if I decide to change my mind, then I fall back, fall back on that. Um, I get to USC and start taking, uh, you know, intro to BME, uh, BME 101, um, some science classes, math classes. And after a while, I was like, you know what? I I really like this path. I don't know if I want to spend, you know, four additional years in med school and then, you know, however many years as a resident after and then get myself established as a a surgeon uh, when I can do so many other cool things and still help people out in the world of medicine as a biomedical engineering major, so... Cool. Up next, we have Bria, who is now studying environmental engineering. Um, she had toyed with the idea of maybe pursuing law school based on her love of English, but then really found that environmental was the place for her. My story with why I chose my major, um, I wanted to be a lawyer my whole life. And then I decided that because I'm like good with English and writing and stuff like that. But I realized like what really challenged me and what I was really interested Hold on in. A I'm like good with English and writing and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to pause on that sentence for a moment. <laughs> Just sit on it. It's like, those are a great group of words. We can get back to it if you want, if you want to <laughs> analyze it more. No, go ahead. <laughs> Very telling sentence. Um, and I don't even remember what I was saying. Why environmental Challenge. engineering? Oh, you said yeah. you wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah. Like, and math and but there's just so much. I don't, okay. I decided not to be a lawyer. And then, so I didn't know what to do, and I realized I loved my AP environmental science class, and I love I didn't love calculus, but I was really, really good at it. And so I was just like, okay, 
Like, this is, I'm good at this. It's challenging. Like, maybe I'll go into engineering and then environmental engineering because I'm really into the environment all of a sudden. And then, so that's what I, that's why also, like I said, that was part of why I chose USC was because they have this major, which is so specific because I didn't want to do civil. I didn't want to do chemical. Like I wanted, and that's why I haven't changed out of environmental because it's, it is exactly what I want to do. So environmental engineering to me, it's like you're, so you're studying all different types of disciplines. You're looking at physics and electricity. You're looking at structures. You're looking at biology and chemistry. So I, I love that it's interdisciplinary, but not only are you studying things, um, that are related to the environment and like, okay, what is, um, what is like hurting the environment and how is that affecting people? And how can we, how can I make a world where people can still have the comforts that they want that is also treating the environment in a friendlier way? And is not, um, because if you want the world that you live in, we can't keep, living the way we're living. So I'm balancing out how can I have people still comfortable and happy, but it's also not shortening the length, like of our comforts, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And it's, to me, it was different than something like environmental studies because um, I'm not just like studying it. Like I'm doing research and I'm finding ways, um, new and innovative ways, like to fix these problems. And I wanted to be like a problem solver and I didn't want to just feel like I was doing the same thing every day. So that's why I felt like environmental engineering specifically was okay. like my thing. And then last up, we have Vince, who kind of has um, an interesting story. He came in as undeclared engineering, not really sure what he wanted to do, um, and then started leaning towards industrial and systems engineering. But then after taking a computer science class, really fell in love with um, computer science and then actually ended up going from computer science to computer science games. Every engineering program has a intro course, right. uh, the 101 course, and funny enough, and declared engineering has one as well. Right. And so what that is is the sample course for all the different programs. And uh, during that course, we learned about all the different engineering programs. And funny enough, I actually didn't think I wanted to be a computer scientist. Um, I actually was leaning more toward industrial system engineering because I thought that was really cool, um, optimizing uh, systems, optimizing foundries. Uh, my father worked in a foundry, so I thought that I could come in and help make his workplace better Yeah, and kind of, like, help him out. Yeah. Um, so I declared after fall 2014, mm-hmm. and then spring of 2015, I started uh, my ISE courses, I guess, but it was only one course which was Computer Science 101, which is an introduction to computer computer programming. Right. And it taught you Python, right. which is a scripting, high-level high, high level scripting language. Mm-hmm. And I kind of fell in love. Fell in love with coding. Fell in love with coding, caught the coding mm. bug. Um, it's really cool. It's kind of like uh, a puzzle, but also kind of like a chess game in that there is a best solution but there's so many different ways you like, you can put the puzzle together, mm-hmm. and it's really cool. It's really fun. Uh, my teacher um, saw talent, and he really suggested that I followed it, and I trusted him too because I went into office hours and I talked to him about it, and he showed me all the different possibilities, and I like possibilities. I like <laughs> having options. Yeah. Um, and so it allowed me to declare major, but also maintain all the different choices that I like. Yeah. 
So after talking to Booty, um, we really learned about his love of baseball. So from growing up in Arizona, he's been exposed to baseball since the year-round sport there, and he's been able to not only play baseball, but also now has been coaching it. He, he even umpired for a while, and you also will see how baseball really runs um, deep into his family and how his family really, really cares about baseball, too. Baseball, for me, has just been a big constant throughout my life. I'm a huge sports fan, um, thanks to my dad. Uh, Did you play high, uh, baseball in high school? I played baseball since I was about four years old, okay. all the way up through high school. Um, I played high school baseball as well as uh, like scout baseball. Yeah. Um, so I traveled a lot for that. Arizona's huge on year-round baseball because we have the weather for it. So mm. it's 40 degrees in the winter. Right. Um, it might hurt if you get, get one off the end of the bat. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, it, it, you're able to play. I actually played in snow one time in Phoenix, which was the weirdest thing. Oh, really? Mm. And snow was, you right. know, little, little, flurries. little tiny flurries. <laughs> but, you know, that's the second time I ever saw snow in Phoenix and you're kind of like, what is happening? This, <laughs> we don't even get rain in Phoenix. Um, but so baseball has been really, really cool. Um, I also umpired when I was in middle school and high school. So I've basically seen the game from all three aspects, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. coaching, playing, and umpiring. What do you prefer? Um, playing is definitely the most fun. It's also the most stressful. What position do you um, play? I played – I bounced all over throughout my life. Uh, started off – um, you know, when you're young, they make you play everything. Uh, kind of started catching, and then my freshman year, our team had three catchers, so that was, you know, we didn't need a catcher. We needed another catcher. <laughs> we had three catchers. So I started playing middle infield, played a little bit outfield, um, which I did when I was younger, um, and then pitched as well. And then basically by junior, senior year, I was playing shortstop and pitching um, like every, every fifth game. Um, but also a, another cool little anecdote about baseball and myself – um, my family and I, we are trying to make it to all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Mm. And so far, we've been to 22. Holy cow. And then wow. we've been to two in Japan. Um, wow. So I'm actually a quarter Japanese. My grandmother was born and raised in Japan. And so we went there, did a family trip, and saw two of the games there. So, so. what's the best stadium that you've been to yeah. overall the 22? Um, it's a tough one. I'm biased toward... Fenway because those were by far our best seats. Um, any, I, I appreciate all of the old time Major League Baseball stadiums. So you go Fenway, Wrigley. Uh, I actually got to see old Yankee Stadium the year before it was shut down. Um, Camden Park, the, where the Orioles play. Uh, all those places are awesome. That's still new. Did you go to the old? It's it's newer, but it's got that old feel right, to it. The oldest, the oldest one is... is Fenway, Wrigley, Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Dodger Dodgers Stadium. is cool. Now, Dodgers, yeah. Dodger Stadium is the third oldest stadium. Hmm. So Dodgers, that's a whole different story. So <laughs> Dodger Stadium is awesome. I love Dodger Stadium. Hate the Dodgers because I'm from Phoenix. I'm a Diamondbacks fan. I was going to say you're a Diamondbacks um, I didn't exactly. know they actually had fans. But <laughs> we're, you know, Arizona sports is very interesting. Um, I, I'm actually. I thought you'd just go there for the hot tub in the, in the, in the outfield. I've never been there. I really, that's like, everyone always talks about that. And then the other coolest thing is we have a Fridays, it's Fridays front row in left field where you can like have all you can eat TGI seats. Fridays? TGI Fridays uh. and overlooking the game. It's, it's a very new like state of the art stadium. Yeah. Um, Chase, 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 uh, Chase Field. Used yeah. to, I'm, I'm still bitter. Used to be America it used to be West Bank like One Ballpark oh, Bank One. Okay. and everyone called it Bob. So you go to the Bob for a game and now Got it's it. Chase and 
Yeah. Yeah, and it was like 10 years ago, and I'm still upset about it. And every every stadium, though, is really cool. What I really appreciate about, about baseball is it's the only professional sport that doesn't have 100% set dimensions in mm-hmm. their park. Yeah, every So you, you got to have a 90-foot base pass. you got to have a 60-foot, 6-inch pitching mound. Other than that, as long as the fences are 250 feet or longer, which no one would do because you know, everyone would hit home runs, uh, you can do whatever you want, mm-hmm. um, which makes everything very unique, more so mm-hmm. than just, you know, you've got different football stadiums where it's kind of about the amenities. It's really about the park and the mm-hmm. feel. Um, so it's very unique in that in that sense. So th- one thing we learned about Bria when talking to her about what she was looking for in a school when she said she wanted one near California is that she's actually really scared of planes. Um, the idea of taking off, the idea of landing makes her um, really, really uncomfortable, and she just does not like to be in planes. So have you ever... I have been. I don't like to do planes, but Wait, I have been on planes. stop and talk about Pause. this. We need, to come, about- <laughs> we need to come back to the college search process. <laughs> How many planes. planes have you been on? I've been on. Uh, I've been to Mexico twice, and I flew there twice, um, and I went to Florida once. So, so three plane rides, three like trips. So that's like six rides because they're in back. And they freak you out. Plane rides don't. Oh yeah, they do. I'm not even gonna count it. They don't. I don't like. Yeah. I don't like lifting what? off, and I don't like landing. Okay. You've been well, in turbulence when it's like shaky. No. Ooh. <laughs> what freaks you out about it? Um, Just the possibility of. I guess I like I start to hyperventilate and I'm just like I don't know Is what it to a claustrophobic do. Thing? No, I just I don't I don't I just feel like there's always going to be something going wrong when you're going up and especially landing. I feel like you're so close. Well, they say that Something. is when things go wrong, exactly. is taking off and landing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like in and the like air, you're just, you're when just you're in the air, coasting. you're just chilling. Yeah. Like the pilot's probably not even paying that much of attention. Like everyone's just relaxed. But then like once you go, I've never hit turbulence, so God knows what will happen if that if that ever happens to me. But like when you're going down, it's like you're so close, but you're not there yet. And mm-hmm. so many things could go wrong. I'm not comfortable till I'm out of the airport. Like, Are you control free? Done. Oh, totally. Okay. 100%. This makes complete sense. <laughs> Yeah. It's because you're not flying. Exactly. But then, as our conversation continued, we found out that Bria's actually been skydiving, which is kind of crazy to think, considering her fear of planes. So that's an additional plane ride that she has been on. Um, So then we got to listen to her kind of share her story and reaction about skydiving the summer and like i had no issue with it okay <laughs> so she goes oh that's the fourth time i've been in a plane <laughs> and then you jumped out of it i did jump out of it and i trusted the guy behind me kind of but i also figured like i want to do this if i die i die like if i get wow. severely injured then that happens but that's what i told myself i was like people usually die in car so there's a certain more. amount of risk that you're willing to accept with that but doesn't it seem a- like that's more risk i don't know well, that's what i mean is that you, but you went into it controlling your exactly. expectations of risk that's because right. i was like accepting the fact that i would die or get severely injured but I'm Jesus. not accepting that if I'm going to fly to Madrid. I feel like that was, was that your Facebook post that morning? I've gone into this accepting was, the fact that I will die. It was on my and birthday, and I didn't tell anyone. I just went. I went with my like best you didn't friend. Tell anybody? I went. I told my best friend who went with me. From so home. when you both died, no one. Would have known. <laughs> or one of us dies, Where'd and the other go? one can tell. Where'd you go? We in Taft, which is 30 minutes Taft? outside of Bakersfield. Never heard of that. That's where all the oil is. Near, it's not in Bakersfield. It's in Taft. Oh, if you work mm-hmm. at Era, you're going to probably drive like 20 minutes to Taft okay. to get to the oil. Taft is but it's the in city a, name? 
Yeah, it's okay. an old people town, though. I'm sorry to people in Taft, but it's it's only old people. Like you are not making friends in Central California. <laughs> like Kern County, they hate me. Kern County, yeah. Um, I, but. There, Cody Kessler is listening to this right now and hating on you. Yeah. I know he is, but he probably he doesn't know who I am, so now he will. <laughs> yeah, find out. <laughs> <laughs> but so we went in Taft, and I didn't tell my parents because I knew they would not be like cool with it. And I paid for it myself. It was my birthday present to myself, and my friend and I went, and we did it. And then like afterwards, I put I also I put my dad as my emergency contact because he's a cop, like super reliable. And then I called him afterwards to tell him I did it, and he didn't answer. And I was like, that's not, like, reassuring. And then he called me, like, an hour later and was like, oh, hey, like, I am i didn't know this. He was like, hey, I'm in Orange County. Like, it took me four hours to get here. Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm helping someone move. What's up? And I was like, wow, I'm glad that, like, something didn't happen. I didn't end up in the hospital because you're the only person I wrote down. <laughs> so, yeah, I did. I went skydiving. It was awesome. And it was – have you guys ever been? I have. Mm-mm. Anticlimactic. Oh really? Wait, 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 wait! I've never heard someone describe skydiving as anticlimactic. That's exactly. What do you mean? Like you're too, you like, were too whoa. pumped up, and then it didn't. Live Where up. were you I expecting was... the climax that it didn't happen? I don't know. You know what's funny is that the like the scariest part of it was I was the last person to jump out of the plane, which is terrible. Yeah. And then when I watched my friend jump out, like I screamed, like that freaked me out because I just watched someone like you see someone disappear, like, jump out of drop. a plane, and then all of a sudden they're gone. And then when I jumped, if especially because I didn't really jump, like the guy pushed me kind of like yeah. on my back, so I didn't have control over like when we went. And then like once you're like falling, you're just like you did it, like you're done. Like, whatever happens, happens. And, like, you're kind of just floating. And you're just, like, I don't know. It's not – it's hard for me to breathe. It was just, like – I would do it again somewhere prettier because there's nothing to see when you skydive into half. So from talking to Vince, uh, one thing we learned about him is one of his hobbies is actually spoken word poetry. So from our conversation, we kind of – learned about what spoken poetry means to him and kind of the process of having to um, write a spoken word piece and then perform it. I like to think of spoken word poetry kind of like art, where you go around your daily life, daily routine, and you'll find something that truly inspires you, uh, whether that be a picture, an idea, um, a feeling, and from there you kind of put it into words. And the great thing about spoken word poetry is that um, words read have a completely different different meaning when they're spoken. Okay. Yeah. I, I truly believe that that spoken word, spoken English, any language has power. Yeah. Beyond what it is on a piece of paper. Yeah. Um, so, and you were mentioning like uh, my creative process. Yeah. I like to write something down, and that's kind of the easy part is having that idea, and you kind of just create. Um, Imagery, very heavily on imagery, on how you can express that idea, whether that be through a story or through a picture. But the main part about spoken word is the way that you say it, okay. because that's what truly gives it its power. Sure. And so it's, I, if I had to give it a percentage, I'd say 20% is writing, 80% is performance. Okay. But you want your performance to seem, like, not too rehearsed, right? Like, if you practice it too much, then it seems like it's more, like, acting or something. I would think you have to practice it enough so that it gets to seem like it's seamless. Like, you get to the point where it doesn't seem staged. It's just like... Right. That's what I'm saying. You don't want to come off as like... Right. But you have to practice it so much to get to that point. You think... Hmm. Stand-up comedy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Stand-up comedy yeah. Is, is practiced and timed to, like, the second. Like, right. the timing, the momentum, and, like, okay, I waited a little too long on that last time, so next time I'm going to deliver that line a little faster. Like, there's, there's very... 
there's a lot of precision to comics that are good. Right. Uh, which is why most of them talk about like work, quote unquote, working out material or working on material. Like when they go mm-hmm. to the clubs and they like work on stuff, work on stuff, work on stuff, work on stuff. And then what we all see is like the stand up special right. that, that took a year to, to get, get to, to and they had to keep revising the joke. Right. Like, what if I change it from watermelon to cantaloupe? Like, whatever the joke is, right. like that got a bigger response. So it's like testing and testing. <sighs> do you have to do that? Like, is that or is, is it? Um, I guess what I really do is I kind of like look at people's eyes, look at people's um, body language. So yeah. Like their eyes are kind of widening. You know, they're they're really right. like standing still, paying attention. I guess that's my way of knowing that it's okay. successful. But you've, you've you've only performed once. Once. Okay. On stage, like formally. Right. And what what got you into or what motivated you to say, okay, I'm going to do this? Um, definitely my sister. Because your sister um, does it. Yeah, my sister. Uh, she was in the poetry club in, in the high school. Went to the same high school. Uh, she started doing that and she tried to get me into it and I wasn't really into spoken word. Mm-hmm. I'd always written but never was interested in like being up there. Yeah, like I don't like giving a, a face to the poem. Okay. I would because I always felt like that kind of like tarnished the interpretation of the poem. Okay. Um, but she finally influenced me and she said um, just write something and try it. And I did inform her and she said it wasn't bad. And so she encouraged me to keep going. It's not bad, so. Yeah. Yeah, she said, yeah, you, you, won't, you won't embarrass me. <laughs> and, I, and I guess uh, I kind of just gave it a shot. Okay. Cool. Cool. So when's your next performance? Um, well, I've been really sick lately. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, but I am currently finishing up my next poem, and that should be coming around sometime in March. Okay. Okay. And of course, our podcast would not be complete without some type of discussion of food. Um, but particularly, we wanted to ask um, Bodie, Bria, and Vince kind of their thoughts on the city of LA and what it's been like to going uh, to school in a city like Los Angeles, what some of their favorite places are to go hang out, favorite places to go eat, um, favorite places to go hiking, all kinds of stuff. Um, I think I t- Hey everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. On one of my favorite things as far as food, Korean barbecue. Korean barbecue, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, you have a go-to place? Quarters. 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 It's called quarters. It's called quarters because they serve their meat in portions of quarter pounds. Oh. oh. Um, it's awesome. They. It's a little more pricey, and it's not all you can eat, which turns a lot of people mm-hmm. off. Because all my friends, specifically like, the students, you're like, exactly. if I'm a kid in college, I, <laughs> I need to like, like, stuff my face. I need a twenty dollar all you can eat. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, but I've gone with a lot of friends, and we usually end up paying no more than twenty five to twenty eight dollars. And you I mean you get what you pay for? Right. Um, there's this place called Budnamu. Not to knock anyone who likes Budnamu, but you pay fifteen dollars and you get what you pay for. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and plus, they cook the meat for you there, which is it, it's a very underrated aspect of Korean barbecue because I always end up cooking the meat for everyone. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. that, you know, I'm trying to eat at the same time and cooking it and everyone's like, give me the food, give me the food. And I was like, <laughs> I'm taking this for yeah. you. Like, yeah. just chill yeah. out. Um, in addition to that, uh, hiking. Mm. Uh, in Arizona, it's very mountainous. I am surrounded by three different mountains that are 
like very popular hiking spots. Um, and then, you know, if you drive like half an hour, you can get some cool spots like Camelback or Squaw Peak. Um, and I actually just kind of started getting into hiking in LA this year. Hmm. Um, one of my favorite hikes I just went on is the Wisdom Tree. Uh, oh, I haven't gone to Wisdom Tree yet. I it's, wanted to go. It's really mm. tough. Is it tough? It's, to get it's a lot tougher than you think because it's, it's not too long, but it's very steep. Uh, um, if you don't have good shoes, you might, might slip a little bit. Uh, but you get up there, it's pretty cool. Um, and it's right by Runyon Canyon, so you know if you're feeling yeah. ambitious, you could do both. In one is it by Runyon? Wanted to. Can't you go to the? Mm-hmm. Is this one they go to the Hollywood sign too? Is this the same Wisdom mm-hmm. Tree? It's it's close. Like it's, if you kept going, you could hit the Hollywood sign. Because I did a I'm, hike where I went to a tree. I feel like the freeways in between. Them. You can't you can't get to the Hollywood sign. They have signs that are all over the place. You, I mean, okay, you could. But you'd probably be trespassing or breaking some sort of law. Okay. So maybe I went to it. I went to a, I did a hike, though, a few months ago that was like this, whiz, I thought it was the wisdom tree. The wisdom and tree then, is like this lone tree yeah, sitting on the Yeah, and it's on the edge peak. by yeah. itself. Yeah, all the rock formations? Yeah, there? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so and then we went to the Hollywood sign. And oh. we did not trespass. Oh, wow. Because when I went well, there, Well, not like there you didn't signs. go like, to the Hollywood sign, but you were... Like, well, I was right behind you, it. You can't like, you could hike, yeah, yeah. you can go from wisdom tree to behind the Hollywood sign. When did really? you go? In, like, October. They must have changed that, because when I went, they... Really? Signs, like everywhere, like no access to Hollywood. But there was like a path. Like I was, I followed the path to the Hollywood sign. Interesting. Huh. Hmm. But that is a cool hike. Maybe you got lucky then. Maybe. The rock well, formations but, are cool too. And oh. then I climbed the tree because I was like, I'm already here. I'm going <laughs> to climb the tree. There's only one path that goes like behind the Hollywood sign. But like everybody wants to get to the Hollywood sign. You can't get anywhere You can't get here. to the sign. Yeah, I was you, talking about you behind. You can, but you get in a lot of trouble. I've yeah. had a couple friends who have been fine. They've got, well, yeah, they've got, oh, they've, really? got they've got 24 hour monitoring cameras and motion detectors uh-huh. and everything else. And when you start walking anywhere near it, they're like, loudspeakers nope. come up and they're like, Ugh. you are trespassing, remove, come back. And it's like a. There's one friend of mine who is actually the holder for the football team. Um, he is all about GoProing. And mm. getting cool videos, drone footage of campus in LA, and he did the Hollywood hike, and has a video of him with his selfie stick on top of the Hollywood sign, sitting on top of it, and they come over the, the loudspeaker <laughs> and yelling at him like, "Get off! You have thirty seconds, or you're going to be fined and detained, wow. and all this stuff." And wow. he's just like, "Okay, I'm getting down. Don't worry. <laughs> Sorry." Wow. Oh my gosh. I take wow. that very seriously. Um, go shopping at the Grove and eat food. Basic. Okay. <laughs> Basic. <laughs> That's me. Well, I can't really. I like. I can't go hiking, and I can't really go to the beach right now because of my leg. It's like a hassle. But shopping at the Grove. Oh, shopping! I will totally walk why as much Grove? as I need to. Like why? Why that? Um, why that place? Because the Grove has good vibes. There's like waterfall. There's like fancy stores that I can window shop in, and there's like you can hang out with people. You can get something to eat there. It's not too far, but it's far enough to feel like you like took a day trip kind of for it. El Cholo. Is the first thing that came to my mind. I went there the other day. Mm. Paul is giving me this look, rubbing his Paul's eyes. I don't know how to react to this. Uh, you said first thing that came to my mind. I just went there the other El day. El Cholo's great. I like El Cholo. That's the best thing. I'm not great with, like, I'm not, no, I don't okay. know. So <laughs> this this isn't my thing. <laughs> it's good. It's historic. It's cool. Oh, no, no. I have a better one. Okay, go. Lemonade. Oh God! Yes, that's worse. Best, no, best food <laughs> in LA. I'm, best food. That's my favorite. I'm also a vegetarian. Give me. a I break. forgot to say that you are a vegetarian. I meant that was gonna. That was gonna. That actually does a affect lot a lot. It, not being able to eat meat. That would. It that does, would I've never been to Korean barbecue. A lot of people are oh, into that. So good. Not my thing. 
lemonade. I stand by that. I am firm on lemonade. Lemonade's a chain, though, isn't it? It's a Aren't chain. there like multiple? So, so oh, oh, now we're getting deep about restaurants. What <laughs> happened to? Oh, it's what? It's just what you like to watch with movies. Because well, this is, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, you need. They don't have lemonade in Bakersfield either, so it's. Okay. No, I'm sorry. That's I'm not budging on that one. Well, I was going to ask you what the best place to eat on campus is, but I guess that's lemonade. That's oh, it's totally lemonade. Because we, we have a lemonade on campus. Oh, um, probably I did a sunrise hike at Sandstone, at Sandstone Peak, which is um, in the Santa Monica Mountains. It's not too tough. It's overlooking Malibu. And um, it. I left USC at, like, 4 in the morning, and we drove there. I went with SE Outfitters, like the hiking outdoor club, and um, it was beautiful. And it was – by the time we got to the top, it was, like, 6 a.m., and it was just so quiet and silent, and you could see so much, and it was just – it was beautiful, and it wasn't too tough. I thought that all of L.A. was going to look like Westwood. Mm. with, like, palm trees and, like, gleaming streets and celebrities, like, walking back and forth saying hi to you. Like a Beverly Hills vibe. Beverly Hills, yeah. Got it. Yeah. All of California was like that. And then I got here, I'm like, wow, there's a lot more culture here than I thought there was. <laughs> so it's much more real. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Much more real. Right. Um, we, I landed, and my dad's like, really? Like, oh, this is interesting. Like, this is so much different. This kind of reminds us kind of of Chicago. It's not It's not Rodeo Drive with, like, you know, these Rolls Royces and everything else. Of course, that does exist. Um, right. But, <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, so you had this, like, television idea yeah. of, of L.A. A lot less grassier. A lot less. less a, little more, a little more urban yeah. than you yeah. thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So what have you found about L.A.? What do you, what do you, when you talk to people back home, like, so what's L.A. like? How would you tell them? There's so much to do out here. Um, in Chicago, there's kind of like limited options. Like you can go kind of the beach and you can go to like certain venues. Um, explore the, the beach, city. The, the beach, the, the lake. The lake. Oh, sorry. The beach at the <laughs> lake. <right? laughs> That's my favorite part about people from Chicago. Yeah, we went to the beach. You went to the beach? Like, you mean you went to the lake? Yeah. The, the small strip of sand yeah. in between the grass you mean, and the water. You mean the dirt that's in front of the water that is the lake? Okay, I got you. <laughs> no, but I know going to the beach in Chicago is a lot of fun. Yeah. Too, but go ahead. Um, so, I didn't know the beaches actually looked like the ones in Chicago. So I came out here and I thought it was phenomenal. You're like, wow, that's an actual beach. An actual. I had no idea that beaches were that long. Deep like, or long? Like long, the sand part of it. Like, um, so... Like, between water and, like, street? Street, okay. yes. Okay. Mm. Um, I'm Cuban descent, so a lot of my family lives in Miami, Florida, you know, that area. Mm-hmm. So I've been to, kind of, like, the Gulf of Mexico, and those beaches are really short, and the water is really warm. Well, wait, Miami is on the Atlantic side. Kind of, like, Hialeah, we moved to the... Okay. Yeah, the warm part of it. Okay, okay got it. Go not ahead. A, not sorry. a geography fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, got here... First thing I saw was, wow, these beaches are really long. And then the first experience I had of California was me running across the sand, super excited. And I jumped headfirst into the water. And then I got really cold because I had no idea that the Pacific is like negative 20 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Atlantic is like bathwater, or like the Gulf is like bathwater, and yeah. the Pacific is cold. Yeah, I, it was funny. They got, I got a freeze. I'm like, what? And I ran out, and everyone started looking at me. I'm like, how are you guys in there? Because <laughs> yeah. there was like little kids and yeah. like old women in there, and they were like 
completely fine. Yeah. Put things in perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess amongst the beaches, which I guess one of my top points, um, there's so much culture that kind of gets inter- intermingled here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. The mixtures between the Vietnamese culture, Korean culture, the Mexican culture. Um, not only through the, the cultural festivals, but also through the food. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you have this burst of, of food and this burst of like opportunity to try things you've never tried before. Korean barbecue is non-existent in Chicago. Yeah. I can no longer imagine life without Korean barbecue. What's your favorite place? There's some place north on Vermont Avenue. It's like this small little thing. You pay 10 bucks. Most Korean barbecue places are 20. Is this the... I think I know what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called, but like a bunch of USC yeah. people go there a lot. Yeah. yeah. No one knows its name. It's just, like, just, it's just that one place. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's that the place. The Korean barbecue place on Vermont. The cheap one. Yeah, the cheap one. <laughs> so good. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so this concludes our get to know you segments with our three potential hosts. We hope yeah. you enjoyed listening. I, I thought I think they're pretty cool. Each individually, mm-hmm. they would be great. Yes. But very distinct personalities, styles, mm-hmm. who they are, backgrounds, all backgrounds. That. Really cool people. We're excited to present them to you as our finalists for the host for next year. Uh, for season two of the Turby Voices. Yeah. Um, make or break it, right? Make or season break. one's always like, okay, it's good. But season two is a true <laughs> test of the, the podcast. The sophomore season. Legend. Yeah. The sophomore season. So, again, if you uh, have an opinion and we'd love to hear from you, uh, go ahead and vote on our website at either viterbiadmission.usc.edu or viterbivoices.usc.edu. And if you're really into it, pick up on the social media game and yeah. start promoting it uh, to see who will be the host for Tweet season two. Tweet at us if you really have strong feelings. Yep. <laughs> and then our final episode of season one, as we say goodbye to Kelly, will we'll come up uh, in the first week of May. So yep. we'll see you then.